Hey guys, what's going on? It's Monday night, and we're talking about movies. Yeah, this is an interesting movie. This was an this was interesting how this came about us watching this. Yeah. Because I remember you telling me about it a long time ago. Yeah. Because your first wife. Yeah. Was real into this movie and showed it to you. Yeah, she showed it to me, and fucking um, I liked it. First time I saw it, I was on acid. Yeah. And I thought I, I thought everybody was midgets in it. At first, Which he like, told me that when it started. Yeah, I was like, yeah, oh my God, yeah. that's hilarious. She, I'm like, should we watch this on acid? Yeah, she, she explained The it. whole time I was yeah. watching it, I was like, right. what would this be like on acid? Yeah. Now I kind of want to watch it on acid. <laughs> and it blew my mind on acid. <laughs> I, can, I, had, I can see that. Then I saw it again, sober, like the next day. Right. I said, I want to see that again, you know, and saw it again. And it, it, it's a good movie. Um, <clears throat> it had that dude in it. Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane. My, I mean, he's my, my on ex, the cover, but he's only in it for like five minutes. Yeah, my ex-wife was just totally in love with Billy Zane. She'd be watching that shit, drooling. Like, <laughs> I wasn't a hater, though, back then. I was just like, yeah, okay. It's like, all right, I get it. Yeah, well, he's in He's in a real good scene with in, in this. And yeah. He's, he's a cool character, so I understand why she got a crush on Billy Zane from this movie. Yeah, I he get it. Cool. He looked cool. Like he's cool. not my super type, but yeah. I but he does look cool in this one. Like yeah. he looks like um like he should be on the cover of like a revolutionary era like romance novel. Exactly. Like he had like American all the hair and he's, and he's got those lips and the big yeah. like floofy shirt and he's everything. And I'm just kind of like, all right, all right, riding I can his see horse it. around in his Victorian I'll allow outfit. it. Yeah. Sure. So he looked cool. <laughs> um, what's weird about this movie is it's almost kind of like. Don't get me wrong now, but okay. It's almost kind of like vampire adjacent story. It's about this character. <laughs> well, he's an immortal. Yeah. It's about this character named Orlando who became immortal because somehow the queen of England back in the 1400s told him not to grow old. Elizabeth I. Elizabeth I. Yeah. He was Elizabeth I, the favorite yeah. mascot. He was just this pretty boy. Who had badass calves, and he would just lay up in bed with the queen. The queen would just rub on his calves and shit. It was all right, but this... Orlando's not played by a man, though. Orlando's played by a woman, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she looks great in it. I love Tilda Swinton. Yeah, she is fucking awesome. She's one of the best actors going today. I right. Think. And as Orlando ages, shit happens to him. And it's very much about like gender roles and gender expectations for men over the centuries, and, and for women too, and for women later. Yeah, because he he fails so badly at being a man, he actually somehow transforms into a woman. And he really transforms into a woman. For yeah, real. Have I don't. Kids and everything. I don't think that's necessarily because I did a lot of research about the novel that this is based on and all okay. this other kind of stuff, and I'm not entirely sure that that's exactly what. It was. Now, I will say that the movie is is different than the novel, but not a lot different. It still kind of captures the spirit she of it. She ended up having children. Yeah, yeah. So, the movie implies that she biologically became a woman. They show yeah. her. And she was yeah. biologically a female. Well, and there's no... Yeah, and I like that... It's weird that you were the one to show me this movie because... Yeah, see, I was one of the few movies I showed her. that she. Yeah, because see. I've seen everything. Yeah, this like, one and the loved one. Yeah, and I had never seen that one either, and I was like, holy shit, how did I miss this one? And this was yeah. another one that... She should have been into. I should have been, yeah, and, it's, yeah. and the thing about it was this came out in 1992. Yeah. It's a British film, and I was watching a fuck ton of movies in the 90s, and especially British movies, because I love British movies. 
And I love period dramas. I love anything that has to do with, like, you know, gendered, like, you know, that are kind of, like, queer movies or stuff like that. So this should have totally been on my radar. Got a lot of gay people in the movie. I think I had heard of it. Yeah. But I had never watched it for whatever reason. And yeah. then, like, so when we watched it, I'm like, how the fuck did I not watch this back then? This would have been exactly the time, kind of movie that yeah. I would have watched back in the 1990s. And I don't know how I missed it. Today, I think the woke people wouldn't like this. I think they'd probably tear into it because they say that it's like a half measure. But fucking in the 90s, this movie was way ahead of its time. It was kind of like an artistic and intelligent fucking story about gender expectations. Over the fucking centuries. Over the centuries, because, like a British history. Yeah, because Orlando lived to be at least 400 years old into yeah. the modern era, and she hadn't gotten old. When she was pregnant for fucking 70 years, before she even had the fucking... The, she was carrying a baby, what, 70, 80 years? Yeah, they did imply that, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they implied... Because <laughs> they implied that it was the American Revolutionary that got her knocked up. Yeah. And then she, next thing you see her, she's in World War Two, World War One, and World she's War pregnant One, yeah. as a nurse, like running across the battlefield. Running across the battlefield, and then they find, then they show her in the nineties, and the kid's only like a few years old. Yeah, it's like five or six. So or she something. carried that baby for 70, 80, 90 years, right? Something like that. Which that's gotta suck. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> it's it's a lighthearted movie. It, it, it it's pretty interesting. It shows how you can fail as a dude. Because Orlando kind of sucked as a dude. He had a lot of the same fucking problems you see with young guys even to the, to, to today. I love you, so therefore our fucking... I like you, so therefore our destinies are entwined. You, well, I feel like you that belong was, to me. Right. Kinda, that's the first mistake he made. He meets he, he this Russian like chick he then. falls for. This Russian ambassador's daughter. Yeah. He was born to a high family... He was yeah, a no. lord. Yeah, he was a lord. His, his his dad died, so he became a lord. Had a big ass manor. And he had the he had that house for four hundred years. He can't, it's just kind of a long story. He eventually he hire, he hires this uh, after his fucking life. He 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 was in an arranged relationship with uh, the British chick who was homely. Okay, but she was wealthy. And that was like, marrying her was his career. He was supposed to marry her. <clears throat> but an, an ambassador from, from, from Mos Moscovy, Russia, yeah. okay, Moscow, came over and was trying to plead for help, I guess, you know, from England. And um, the ambassador brought his daughter and she's just hot as shit. It's like a cute little... And Orlando is like, yeah. Mm -hmm. and Orlando fucking cucks his wife out in front of her. It goes after this. Man, there's like, this is a very witty yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say, if you liked, the, what is the movie that came out a couple years ago that we saw in the theater that I absolutely loved? The Favorite? Mm -hmm. If you like that movie, this is kind of like a proto that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like along the same lines. It's very, very witty. It has like gorgeous costumes. And it's like, it was much funnier than I was expecting. Yeah. See, <laughs> he betrays his betrothed. Yeah. Fiance. He's like And she's like the treachery of men. Yeah. And then later sure. he's trying to hook up with this Russian chick and she's got a totally different philosophy of life. She's living in the here and now. And he's trying to like, you know, you're gonna stay with me and he's making all these plans and she's like, Well why you know, like well, why? Because <laughs> I love you. And he's like uh, Yeah, but just, uh <laughs> So she gets on the ship and she had he had this plan to get to sneak her back off the ship. I don't remember exactly how it was when the tide would change. He'd fucking get her off the ship. Yeah, yeah. So she didn't have to go back to to Muscovy. 
And fucking, he hands her over the ship, and it's obvious that fucking one of the big fucking sailor lugs that was there has some young guy fucking just mooches on her, just starts macking on her yeah. on the fucking deck of the ship. And, he, and Orlando sees it, you know what I mean, and runs up on the dude and tries to what beat his hell? ass. What the hell? Yeah, Orlando's like 125 pounds, and this fucking 200-pound dude just fucking Yeah, it's Tilda Swinton. I mean, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's a girl, you know. He's, yeah. he's a very yeah. he's a very slender <laughs> Orlando was not a physical guy. He was a, a scholarly, rich gentleman. He was, he was a poet. He was a poet. He wanted to be a poet. Gets his shit laid out. And then he goes, I saw him. His arms are around you. This and that. he goes, oh, no, no, it's your imagination. She's fucking gaslighting. Yeah, me. for real. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah. my God, women suck. Right. Well, <laughs> she never fucking meets up to the fucking arranged meeting, you know, what I mean? yeah. that was implied that either the ship sank or she, she never came back. I don't remember what it yeah. was. It's hard to say because you still see dead people in the water. But then he's like, the treachery of women. Man, you just fucked over the other. That You fucked over your... <laughs> Yeah, well, you fucked over your fucking fiance for this one, and she fucked you over, and yeah, and then you're sitting here the treachery of women. So then he's fucking. Well, somehow, like I said, and I think that that was kind of what they were making a comment on is like, you know, the men at the time because she was playing a male character at the time. It's like, oh well, they feel like they get screwed over and stuff like that, but they don't realize they were fucking. They don't realize that they were fucking over other people. Yeah, he was totally uh, suffering from solipsism. Yeah, big time. And. so he gets all depressed and fucking goes and sleeps for like two weeks. And they're trying to wake him up, all the servants, you know. Oh, yeah. He didn't want to wake up. Right. Fucking, he, whenever, whenever a fucking turning point would happen in his life, he'd sleep for a few weeks. Yeah. And they couldn't wake and him people up. people couldn't understand it. Right. Like some Rip Van Winkle <laughs> shit. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he finally comes out. He thinks he's a poet. And he's all grisly and shit. He, he, he invites over his favorite poet. And the dude's a fucking scumbag. Oh my god, that scene Dude was is a fucking fuck. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Orlando's this high-minded, well-bred, fucking rich dude, you know what I mean? The poet's just a scumbag, you know? He's but just he's, trying to get everything yeah, he can get out yeah. of Because he's, he's great, broke, you know? So right. he just, like, wants a fucking patron. You yeah, know? yeah. So he becomes his patron. He fucking weasels him into, like, a fucking salary. And uh, he's making fun of fucking Orlando's poetry behind his Which back. Which is terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> laughing at it. He writes a poem about Orlando about how <laughs> basically he says you ain't shit because you're just rich and you sit around and do nothing and you're just in a big palace yeah, filled with rooms. You don't ever have to suffer. You don't like, do anything. Yeah, yeah. You just read and you know. You're just like a dilettante. Yeah. So type fucking of thing. his shit. He goes off. Fucking. He sleeps for another two weeks because his fucking idol calls him a piece of shit. Because he can't basically. take it. You're a rich boy. You don't do nothing. <laughs> he gets up and he goes, "That's it. I'm going to have an adventure." Yeah. So he goes off to fucking Arabia. Like they said, yeah, they said yeah. like to be an ambassador there. Yeah, for to be a an while. ambassador to Arabia. Right. Actually, he shapes up. He kind of becomes more of a man of action a bit. Starts dressing Arab. He's got this Arab friend who he's. Uh, they bro out. They were broing out. Although he's trying to fake bro. He's like, yeah. We were here to talk about the manly virtues, but Orlando like, doesn't know what he manly, manly virtues, virtues like. Um, yeah, like uh, things. You know, stuff. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Orlando didn't know any manly virtues. <laughs> but see, so, I think. Well, like I said, I think the point of it. I, I want kind of want to get like a little bit later yeah. into the context of like the novel and uh, you know right. how how it was written and stuff like that. But um, I think kind of the point of the story is that the character of Orlando, no matter what gender they were, 
did not conform to the expectations of the time. Yeah. They did not conform to the masculine ideals when, when they were a man and didn't conform to feminine ideals when they were a yeah, woman. Yeah, but from the man's point of view, he failed. Because he wasn't there for his friends when the enemies were at the gates. He, he promised him that he would be by his side and, and, and back him when the enemy came for And him. he did at first, but then... As soon as he started seeing what killing was... But then he couldn't, as, yeah, he, he he's couldn't like, yeah, no, I'm not. So he ran from the battlefield. Right. And left, let his boy die, evidently. Okay. So that fucked him up. He slept a long time, and when he woke up, he was a woman. Yeah. Basically. Which, like I said, yeah. it's I kind of like it because it's a period drama, and, like, it's funny, too. Like, it's witty, but it's also, like, a fantasy. They don't really explain... Now, in the book, it's not explained at all why Orlando is immortal. In the movie, they basically just give a reason. Oh, well, Queen Elizabeth liked him so much and said, well, I I will give you all of this land and all of this money and all this stuff like in perpetuity on the condition that you never wither and you never grow old. Yeah. And so he doesn't. Yeah. So he just yeah. lives forever. That's the explanation. So that's the, book, the only explanation. In the book, there is no explanation. He's just immortal. <coughs> He's just an immortal. Yeah, yeah. Because it's seen as, like I said, it's like a fantasy yeah. of like just seeing the entirety of British history yeah. like through the eyes of a single character for that me, changes gender. For me, at the time, you know, this is the uh, this is the early to mid nineties. This was movie to me was was kind of like for me Interview with a Vampire, but it was more lighthearted, kind of like a comedy. You had kind of like this sexually ambiguous characters that lived a long time. Yeah. And did shit. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that. But uh, this one is uh, not as dark, of course. Yeah, this it's one's kind of, actually kind of fun. Yeah, it's a fun movie to watch. Just uh, Orlando was better as a woman, though. If you ask me, he he, yeah. he made more sense as a woman. But even then, like after she became Lady Orlando, and then it kind of goes through all of the all of the problems that that entailed because she comes back yeah. from uh, from Arabia, from wherever she was, like, as ambassador, and she's like, yeah. oh, hey, I'm Lady Orlando now. And everyone's just like, uh, what? And yeah, now they like, came across, like, this whole legal thing. They're like, oh, well, women can't own property, so therefore now there's all these lawsuits yeah. because you can't own the property anymore. Right. You have to have some kind of a descendant or you have to have, you have to be married. Yeah, they're like basically well, you have to get married and have a son, right. or or you don't uh, get this property. Like, well, they can all take these it off you. this one rich old guy. <clears throat> what did he do? He was about fifty, sixty. He's about maybe, yeah. Maybe he mid-60, was like maybe yeah. mid sixties. Right. He fucking loved her. He's like I, somehow we were fooled. You're a woman. Yeah. See, they were arguing that oh well yeah. they well Lord Orlando had been a woman the whole time. Yeah. And so they were like oh well you deceived us you deceived and so us, right? yeah. yeah. But like in the context of the story, no, he yeah. absolutely was Did a turn. man to start with, yeah. and he just yeah. turned into a woman later but, on. But like but, I said, it wasn't explained. But the witnesses, that guy thought that somehow she had deceived them that she was a woman all along. But uh, he falls in love with her and shit, and uh, he's filthy fucking rich, but. And he's like, yeah, but you know, she's she's like, she's like, why would I want to marry you? And she goes, because I love you. And he's and so he's he's and it's like flipping problem. it back, like yeah, from when was, she was in love with the right. word, you know, when he was a man and it was in love with right, the Russian right, lady. Yeah. And he and she's like, uh, nah, it was like all possessive about nah, it. Nah, you're not really. You know, he was too it's old like, man. So she she walked on that, but he's like, yeah, but without me, you're gonna lose everything. Yeah. And she's like, I don't give a shit, basically. 
Um, but it doesn't turn out that way. She she's kind of skirts the laws for about a century, doesn't she? They don't ever take her shit. Um, they do later. They do later, but, but um, it took about a hundred years. Yeah, yeah. That they finally took her shit. They realized they they, they declared her dead because that she was couldn't another, have been living that long. Right. That was another thing. Too. Yeah, they declared her dead. That you were like two hundred something years old, so you got to be dead. I think in the book, the guy that proposed marriage to her, mm-hmm. I can't remember what his name was. I think in the book, he started out as a woman and also changed his gender. If I'm not. If I'm remembering correctly, so it was he was a more he was an immortal too. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like I said, it didn't really explain. Like because mm-hmm. some of the characters, because the critic um, or the um, the poet that she brought to the uh, house and was yeah. like when was dick and was a dick to her and like yeah. you know shit on her poetry yeah. and everything. Um, in the book, that guy also turns up later on, like in the modern day, which the book came out in 1928. Okay. So um, right. so he came up in 1928. So he was. An immortal. An immortal, too. Right. But like I said, it's just kind of like nobody really explained. They weren't vampires or nothing like that. They were just immortal just because. Some people didn't die. Like, they didn't explain yeah. it. And so they turned up in different, which I kind of like. Like I said, it's just kind of like, it's almost like <coughs> magical realism. <coughs> yeah. I guess, like that kind of thing. Yeah, the story just basically proposes that some people can basically live forever in slow motion. They yeah. age in very Like slow I said, motion. it's like magical realism. And that they somehow can... In, in moments of crisis, change their sex spontaneously. Well, and interestingly, yeah. the one thing she said, and there's a great scene where when she wakes up as Lady Orlando, like after being asleep for however long she was asleep, and then she wakes up and she looks at herself in the mirror, like with, you know, naked, like as with a woman's body, yeah. and she basically said, it's the same person, just a different, just a different sex, just that's different, what she says. Yeah. So, like I said, now, the interesting thing about this, okay, so this is based on a quite a well-known novel by Virginia Woolf, which came out in 1928, which was called Orlando, A Biography. And in the movie, they kind of, um, you know, the, the book is a lot more sprawling, like a lot more shit happens, um, you know, because it takes place like over hundreds of years. So they had to like trim some stuff out just for the sake of brevity or whatever. Um, but the thing about it is that Virginia Woolf was an interesting, uh, person. She's probably, um, one of the most important, uh, modernist writers of the 20th century. Another thing too, is that she was a member of, what are they called? The, the Bloomberry group or whatever they called it. Um, who were all very, and you know, you, you have to think this was the early 20th century. Yeah. Um, it was a group of people that were not real happy with, um, you know, gender strictures. So a lot of them were gay or bisexual or whatever. <coughs> Virginia Woolf herself, uh, she was married to a man who she seemed to love, but um, she was not big on sex with men. Uh, she had relationships with a lot of women during her life. And Orlando was actually based on her girlfriend at the time, whose name was Vita Sackville West. Now, Vita Sackville West had almost the same thing happen to her that happens to Orlando in the movie, where she had an ancestral estate called Knoll, and she did not inherit it. She lost it because she didn't have any male heirs, and there were no male heirs, and she was only a female, and they would not give it to her. So that was kind of one of the things that I think inspired Virginia Woolf to write this story. So a lot of the stuff that happens in the story to Orlando actually happened to her girlfriend at the time. Vita Sackville West. So it's based on that woman, loosely, uh, the character is. So, like I said, and Vita Sackville West was also a member of 
this group that was, like I said, they were kind of more into what they would call like gender fluidity or they were just kind of raging against, uh, you know, gender strictures at the time, like expectations of like certain genders. They didn't really love that. So there's a lot of that in this movie, you know, in the sense that Orlando, you know, makes statements throughout the thing where it's just like whether the character is a man or a woman, it's still the same person. Like their personality remains the same. They remain the same person, whatever. Yeah. But like I said, they... That's what they're proposing. I mean, yeah, you could say that that's true, but a lot these people that are writing this, this is long before synthetic hormones. They don't realize <clears throat> that it's not just the body. The body that, that dictates gender the body, no matter what, you know, if you're male or female, some people are actually kind of a little bit in between, There's, which is a, kind of a weird phenomenon. But you're also producing hormones that dictate who you are. Um, but they, they haven't really experienced that. I fucking give them all kinds of fucking hormones in my body, make you hyper fucking masculine, where you want to kill people and shit, and uh, <laughs> real fucking aggressive. And then, or sometimes you just get flooded with progesterone, which just makes you simpy and like, it's time to build the nest, you know what I mean? And just weird shit, you know? So, <clears throat> they're only seeing part of the picture. There's, it's not just physical build. It's also fucking, the hormones that are flooding through you change your personality. So, I don't know why these people went off in that direction, you know, I don't know, maybe it was hormone levels or, or what, but you can't just change somebody's body and they're the same person. That doesn't actually happen. Yeah, but I think, If well, you put me in a female body, I'll become a female because of the hormones that body makes. Well, like I said, I think the whole point of the story, because, like, she wrote it as kind of like a fantasy, and yeah. she wanted to explore centuries of British history through the eyes of... You know, how it would be from a, a man's perspective and how it would be from a woman's perspective, but also trying to make the point that, yeah, it would be different from those perspectives, but maybe not that different, you know what I mean? Because she yeah. was very into what today they would call gender fluidity. Yeah. So she was trying to make the point that it's like, oh, it wouldn't be that much different, even though, um, you know, the culture at the time would perceive you differently and you would be treated differently. Yeah. So she was kind of trying to show that, too. Um, but... What, I saw something like, oh, John Smith said, I love this film. Yeah, Went in expecting good. something like Highlander and was surprised to say the least. Who said this? Highlander. Who said this? John Smith. Oh, yeah. Because somebody, somebody was talking about Highlander before. This is nothing like Highlander. It's not, really nothing like Highlander. It's a lot, it's a lot uh, more elevated. The quality's better. It's like a serious type movie. Yeah. But it's comedy. Uh, costumes yeah. are real high quality. Like, not a, like, funny ha-ha comedy, no. but like a droll comedy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, uh... It, it, it's filmed really well. The costumes are fantastic. The acting is really good in it. Uh, there's no B-movie elements to this. It's a, a real classy flick. I'd put it on par in terms of production with Interview with the Vampire. You know, it's as good as that. This actually got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Costume Design. Yeah. And one other one, but I can't remember what the other topic was. A lot of good 1400s costumes, 1700s costumes. Or 1600s. 1600s. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It starts in... starts in the 1600s. It starts in 1600. Yeah, yeah, that's right. When Orlando is presumably in his 20s, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, and it goes right up until the present day, which the book does as well. I believe the book also starts in the Elizabethan era. Now, the book, obviously, because it came out in 1928, only goes up to the modern day of 1928. But same kind of thing. 
Um, but this one goes up until the 1990s. So, yeah. you know, just like at the end. Also, I want to say Jimmy Somerville from Bronski Beat and uh, the Comedards is in this. Yeah. Uh, he's in it as like he sings at the beginning. Yeah. And then he's like on this as an angel. Boat. And then, yeah, yeah, like at the end, he's like an angel. And it's like, and it's super cheesy and super awesome. Yeah, I it's love awesome. It. I, when I first I saw it, I was on acid. I was like, what the fuck? I can see looking, how that would be. She's using a video camera and she's looking up. And this dude flies up next to the tree, and he's got his fucking wings, and he, he looks like, like a gold drawing leaf kinda, and shit like and that. And he's yeah. singing, sing, and it's actually a pretty good song. Yeah, that uh, he, he's singing. Well, I've always really liked uh, Bronski Beat and yeah. the Communards, so I like Jimmy Somerville. Yeah, and that was the end of it. You know, so I thought it was kind of cool that he was in that he was in it. And uh, John Smith also points out also Quentin Crisp as Queen Elizabeth the First. What more do you need? I knew exactly. That was a dude. Yeah, that's Quentin Crisp. Yeah. Um, he is actually. Very famous uh, gay icon, uh, writer, humorist, uh, various other things, and um, yeah. So they he's Queen Elizabeth in this, and it's great. I mean, he's yeah. really only in like the beginning part. You know what I yeah. mean? Because like this jumps ahead. Like it starts in sixteen hundred, and then it jumps ahead like in fifty year. Yeah. You know. He plays Queen Elizabeth as an old lady. Yeah. And she's at the end of her life, and. Uh, you can't tell if she's a man or woman. I'm going, Jen, is that is that that's a dude? Isn't, isn't that a man? And she was like, I, I was know. like, yeah, I'm like pretty yeah, sure. Like he's, yeah, he looks real familiar. Yeah. But yeah, it's Quentin Crisp. That's yeah. Right. Oh, but you could at that age, you there are women that look like that. Yeah. You so. know, <laughs> there are. Yeah. It was hard for me to tell. Well, you become less hormonal, so you don't have secondary sex characteristics as you get aged, as, as you get older. If you're not fucking injecting hormones, so that's that's part of the the aging process. Uh, but that, like I was saying before, Jen, Jen was talking about gender fluid people. If I, when I look at the gender fluid people, man, they don't. To me, they don't look very hormonal. I could take one of them dudes and just start banging him up with a bunch of tests. He'd become a beast, and he'd just be a man, and he'd be, probably be a dick too. So hormones do dictate who you are. Uh, I didn't believe it until I experienced it myself. If you were to fucking pull my mind out and give him a brain transplant, put me in a female body under the influence of those hormones over a few years, I'd probably just become a woman because that's what would feel right in that body. Making that hormonal package be attracted to dudes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's kind of the thing. I've always been interested. I would love to be a dude for a day. Maybe just a day. I don't. I don't know if I could stand it. I got the than stuff that. here that'll make you feel like it. But the thing is, you start growing a beard. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You'd be hanging out with me and fucking trying to fight people and shit, <laughs> arguing over cars. So maybe that's not such a good time idea. for us to rebuild this engine. Yeah, like in some way, like like I said, I'm curious about what it would be like. But yeah. then in some ways, like you talk about it, I'm like, nah. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't. It doesn't really sound that fun. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> that sounds kind of lame. So it's like maybe not. Maybe not. I don't the male know. mind, you become very mechanic, mechanic, uh, mechanistic. Right. You're kind of like a machine-like. Uh, your emotions are not quite the same. Um, every, more logic-dominated, which is kind of like a sparse way of thinking. Things are real direct. Women don't tend to like it. A guy has to kind of control how he behaves around women because you're going to do things that they don't... Because women... Women don't think like that, and they don't feel like the way guys do. It's a, and a good a good uh, thing to go. There have been female to male um, 
transsexuals that have transitioned in, into being a man, and you look at them hormonally, you'd never know that that was a woman, and they're just beard and everything, and um, a lot of them don't like it. I want some of them want to go back, but some of them eventually adapt, adapt to it. They said it's, they basically say that it's very lonely compared to what women experience. Interesting. It's, it's just very lonely. I've people, read everybody th- avoids you. You're right. walking down the street, and people are ooh. Well, yeah. Because you're a threat to them. So yeah. This is, you feel very lonely and isolated. But guys don't notice it because we grew up that way. Yeah, because you don't know any different. We don't notice it. But well, see, it. that's why I'm kind of fascinated. I've read a couple of books um, by people who transitioned, and it's really interesting to see like a perspective from both sides of the coin, yeah. you know what I mean? Like people that have experienced both things, because I haven't. So it's like, I don't know what it's like to be a dude. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I can imagine it, but I can't internalize it you know because i've never i didn't grow up that way i wasn't treated that way you know i've always been you know female so it's just but it's interesting to me to get those people's perspectives on that yeah. it really is interesting yeah and i never heard that that anybody said that it was like lonely oh that's yeah, really, that's fascinating it's real lonely that's fascinating i've heard it from two different ones huh they said that that would have never occurred to me but i can much, see much much fewer friends right that w- women have lots of friends and they yeah. tend to, yeah. Well, they, women tend to be yeah. more social generally. Yeah. Well, the you transition into a guy. <laughs> I'm not. And you're a convincing guy. Yeah. Their friends all dry up. Mm. They all go away. And then people don't want to sit next to them in the bus. They go across the street and people fucking go around them. You know what I mean? Because they... Well, like, Especially yeah. women, women kind of avoid them. Well, yeah, because you're like a threat. You're right, yeah. So these, I don't sit next to random right. ass dudes on the bus. And then, like, yeah, and then, like, uh, they'll say that as a, as a female, they would have a dozen friends, but as a guy, they might have one. Mm, yeah. Okay. And, and most guys that was experienced it, man, you guys can drop it in the fucking comment section. Most guys only have, like, maybe one or two good male friends. Right? Yeah. And and a lot of dudes never really have friendships with women, especially if you're not attractive. Now you might have some friendships with women that are like your mom or you know what I mean, your aunts or friends of the family. Right. But yeah. ton, in terms of females who aren't related to you, if you're not inter- interesting to them, they don't want anything to do with you. Well, we've talked about this before because I said one. I think in general, and like I said, this is a generalization. Obviously, everyone's uh, experience is going to be different. But I've always found that female friendships were much closer and much deeper than male friendships were. Um, male friendships tended to be more superficial. I thought, and like I said, that's just a generalization. I'm sure that's not true across the board. Male friendships are usually forged in their teenage years. Yeah, yeah. You keep those for right. Anything after that, you don't really. You don't need them, so you don't really contact them that much. Yeah. And our conversations and relationships usually have to do with trading information. Yeah, like I said, kind of just surface level kind of. But we don't find that superficial. Yeah. We find that real practical. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. He said this and that. Man, he told me about this. Yeah. Oh, he sent me one of these. I'm going to send him this. It's not really emotion-based. It's more like utility-based. Yeah. Right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And it makes a lot more sense for us. Right, yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's wrong or anything no. like that. I'm just saying that's different. Right. And um, yeah, he's got my back. Does that, is that, it's, right. You know, it's just that. And another thing we talked about too, and in relation to you, and in relation to like, um, you know, kind of why a lot of maybe why some dudes aren't successful with women like romantically is because they don't have any friendships 
with women that are not sexual. You know what I mean? They they don't have any genuine friendships with women. They think the, the average guy can't can't really achieve that. That's what I mean, think and that's really interesting. That. Because, like I said, you have a lot of friends that are. I mean, you have a lot of male friends. You have a lot of female friends, and I have more female friends than male. Friends. You probably do. Yeah. Um. You know what I mean? And yeah. and that's really interesting because I feel like a lot of guys don't have that. It's almost like they can't separate. They can't take sex out of the equation. Is that what is? No, am I right about that? No. No. What it is is that the average guy is invisible to most women. Hypergamy is happening. Women really are only are only gonna react interact with the top twenty percent of the men that they see. See. Right. But why would you want to interact and be friends with the average guy? You avoid those. If he comes up to you in the bar, you're like, nah, no, no, thanks. Because women reject most men. Just well, off the cuff, off the cuff. Yeah, but that's just because you think they're trying to get in your pants. There you go. Thank you. But like I said. Thank you. And, well, and nine times out of ten, that's what they're trying yeah, to do. Kind and of, you're well, like, man. Well, they're at least, they're trying to have some kind of interaction. But well, I don't know. Even when I was growing up, I had a lot of friends that were dudes. When, well, in the adult world, I guess you could say at the yeah. time. I still have a lot of friends that are dudes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but sleep more, with them or find them sexually attractive or anything like that. Yeah, but, but those it's just guys like, are pretty acceptable, though. I guess, yeah. All right, they're not average. The average guy is invisible, basically, to women. <clears throat> and the average woman is not invisible to the average guy. Some guys will date down. Yeah, you know. So it's not really the same. We're getting off topic. Well, I mean, we're kind of talking about... Yeah, it's, this it's movie right, is yeah. about gender politics. Yeah. So <laughs> we are kind of talking about that. I've just, I'm just proving it over and over again. I mean, the data's out there. I mean, I haven't proved it. Other people have proved it. The, the average guy's an incel on a global scale. He has no chance. That's why yeah. guys are disposable. That's why you throw them in the meat grinder war. They're working down in mines... Cleaning out sewers and shit. Working at the garbage dump. That's where most of them are. That's where your average one is. It's Don't. a bleak life. It's very bleak. <laughs> but to be fair, like, I just across most the board, like, I've, their jeans down. I've seen some dudes that looked just hideous, mm -hmm. and they were paired off. So. Well, that didn't matter, though. They were something about them that made him not average. I guess. But like I said, but also it changes. There's, there's different. There's, a lot there's also of, different stages in men's lives. Yeah, that's some of them true. can be successful when they're young, but then when they're middle age, they're not successful anymore. Right. Uh, or it could be the other way around. When they were young, there wasn't anything there, but now that they're middle age, they're more successful. They, now. they got kind of got their because now they got their shit. shit together. They might even look better now and have more money now than they did back then. So the stage of development is all different. It's across the board. John Smith said, I like to think Orlando becomes immortal just because Queen Elizabeth commanded him not to. Yeah. Well, I think, like I said, in the book, there was no reason for Orlando being essentially immortal. Yeah. Um, so in the movie, uh, the writer-director, who was Sally Potter, um, she was like, well, you know, in a movie, you kind of have to have, like, a little bit of a bullshit reason, <laughs> like, because there wasn't a reason in the book. So they thought it would be funny to just have him be immortal just because Queen Elizabeth said, don't ever get old. 
Like, that's the condition for you having this property and money and everything like that. And he was just kind of like, okay, I won't. And he did it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I just, I just like that they just kind of left it at that. <laughs> John Smith also says, a great writer on male friendship, and I will die on this hill, Stephen King. He actually is very good. He's good at relationships in general, but particularly in conveying male friendships. He does seem to be very, very good at that. Um, sometimes, and he's actually like um, one of the better male writers when it comes when it comes to writing like female characters, because uh, sometimes, you know, especially in the horror genre, which I read a lot of, like a lot of male writers, they write a female character, and I'm just kind of like. Okay, but um, it's like we don't think like that. But all right, but Stephen King has actually generally been pretty good at that. But I do think that his strength is male characters and particularly like um, friendships between male characters, like really deep friendships. He seems to be really good at that. Yeah, Tammy says uh, personality. She writes like really big. Yeah. Yeah, but a personality can elevate the average-looking guy to somebody. Well, that's what, that's what she means. So that's you, what she so means. So you're not really average anymore. Yeah. There's a, okay, here's the thing. Men score women totally physically, 1 to 10. And that 1 to 10 is going to be physical. Women don't do that. Women give guys kind of like an overall score. Like I What's said, his status? How much is he making? What does he look like? What's his personality like? Does it make, so it's a lot more criteria. Is he funny? Is he yeah, a douche? Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So you see a guy physically, he might be a 3, but he's actually, actually at the level of 7 because he's got a good personality, he's got money, and he's entertaining. Yeah, like I yeah. said, somebody being like funny and yeah. confident and stuff like that. I mean, that yeah. goes a long way. Yeah, and if you got status, like you're a, like you're a celebrity, you're gonna move up. So women like status. Oh, it's just the way it is. They find that's like an aphrodisiac for women. If a guy's a celebrity, yeah, that really helps. Uh, you'd have to be a real fucking dickhead to fuck that up. And they got dudes that can. Oh yeah. Celebrities that they fucked it up. They oh, can't yeah. get laid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that just goes to show that, I mean, women do have standards. It's like, yeah. as rich and famous as you may be, uh, you, you can, can be enough up. of a dick to yeah. have women be like, nope. Like, fuck that dude. No, thank you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? All that shit just no gets amount you, of money. <laughs> all that shit just gets you in the door. Once you're in the door, then you gotta fucking perform. If, you, if not, then... Well, we've talked about this before. Like, yeah. even dudes that are super good-looking or super jacked or... They can fail. Super, yeah, because, you know, yeah, they might get a date yeah you know but then the girl like talks to them and they're just kind of like man this dude kind of lame although dudes kind of do the same thing because i in the past over the years i've landed women that i probably put it physically a nine but they were just so terrible usually in bed they're so terrible in bed you move them down to like a six yeah, so they starfish like, out on you. It's like no effort at all. Like <laughs> she's doing you a favor, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And that's it. I'm gonna call her back. You know. Yeah, so she I looks think, good, but it's there's true nothing across there. the board. Nothing there. Um, yeah. you know, I'm not gonna deny that if you look good, obviously you have advantages. Yeah. But you have to also have something to back that up. Yeah. Because if you don't. You're not going to get a lot of second yeah, dates. Yeah, and, and, and in my... No matter how good you look. And in my experience, very attractive women tend to be like the worst ones. Uh, very low effort, annoying personalities. Because they've been skating 
on looks. Well, they're allowed to get away with a lot dude because they're because they're cute, and yeah. dudes will put up with it because yeah. they're hot. You know what I mean? But they only put up with it for so long. They get yeah, bored yeah. with them real quick. They're yeah. like, this this bitch annoying. <laughs> I mean, and she can't fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so st- you know, I don't give a shit what my friends think of her. That's Maybe. well, yeah. There's some and, of that in there too. And yeah, you know, like I don't give a fuck what these dudes think of her, man. It's boring. That's well, yeah. yeah. Like I said, that's why. Like good looks are, you know, that does get you in the door, and you yeah. do get treated better. But yeah. you it's do, not the end all. No, you really do have to have something yeah. to back that up. Because if you don't, like, right? Yeah, just, you might you might get a lot of dates. You might get laid a lot, yeah. but nobody's gonna hang around. But just because a woman's beautiful doesn't mean she's a piece of shit. We've showed her before. We got some friends, man. Fuck with Jenny's fucking awesome looking. Fucking some of our friends, fucking Jen, and fucking um, Laura. Those girls are fucking cute as shit, man. And they're they're great personalities. Especially Laura. Laura's just a good person. Yeah. You know, you can hang out with her and she's totally reasonable and, you know, she's not bitchy or anything like that. So I've heard some of these guys on the internet just really kind of like generalize beautiful women because they don't know them. They just know a few that they run into that were fucking... Because teenagers are in their twenties and shit. No, they got some good women that look great. I mean, and I will admit, like some beautiful women are shitty. They're it's happy. not, yeah, yeah. But honestly, I, in my experience, and maybe this is just because we're kind of more in a subculture or whatever. But I've known like a lot more really beautiful women that were just like really cool nice. people. Yeah. They're just nice people. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Sometimes you see a chick, she's ugly on the inside and the outside. Yeah, you got that too. So just. You, well, that's what I mean. You yeah. can't ever judge. Can't really, can't really, you can't ever yeah. really judge just by like what people look like. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a lot of different kind of shit going yeah. on out there. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay. Danny says, Errol Flynn, the actor, fouled up all his marriages by cheating and was the inspiration for Neville Sinclair in the Rocketeer film. Just saying. Yeah, Errol Flynn. Am I thinking of... Underage did, girls, too. Well, yeah. I think he bought an underage girl from her from their parents. I had heard that as well. Yeah. I need to look that story up. I'm not sure if yeah, that's entirely true. He had true. a mirror... He had, he had a fucking two-way mirror in the ceiling so his friends could watch him fuck her. He would take turns. Well, he sounds like a real piece of shit, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, over the bed and shit. Some weird shit. And I'm, sure, and, I, and I'm sure whoever he was fucking did not consent to that. It, oh, yeah, they probably didn't know. No, and didn't know. Yeah. That's... That's pretty shitty, Errol Flynn. I know you're And evidently they were all taking turns on her. And she was like 16. That's the story. That sounds like some shit that they would do. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah. And then he got her from her parents. People are terrible. Some weird shit, man. I mean... Yeah. At least that shit's, like, not acceptable now. I feel like back then... It wasn't acceptable back then. I mean, it wasn't really acceptable back then, but I kind of feel like they'd let it slide more back then than they would now. what it was is Hollywood owned the the local cops. Well, that too. You could do anything. If you were a celebrity... Holy crap, you guys. you were in... People got murdered. You could kill people. And the fucking cop... They'd get you out. The studios would get get you out of it. Uh Uh-huh. And the cops would, like... The Hollywood studios were the income that the cops... Had, had built themselves on. They couldn't attack the studios. The studios owned the police, basically. So if you were a big celebrity, you killed somebody, they'd cover it up. Yeah, big time. And then the fucking studios would spread that money around inside the police department. Yep. Yeah, just, just keep this quiet, boys. Yeah. Yeah, Danny said 14,000 women he got with, supposedly. How many is that per year? 
Somebody do the math. It said he would take. He would. He he was big into. <laughs> was he doing like a bunch of them at once, or he was big into underage women, like between or girls, which is already creepy. Like Twelve to sixteen. He liked that age group. And he'd take three or four of them at, at, at a time out onto his yachts. He had these yachts. He'd oh, take dear. them out with cocaine, get high, and they'd all have sex and shit. Great out there in the water. I mean, yeah. But the girls were up for it. So that's saying something. Yeah, but they were too. like 13. That saying something. They didn't too. know they were, shit. They had all kinds of fun. I didn't know shit when they get starstruck, I guess. And then oh my God, a famous them, guy. And then they giving them all these drugs and shit. Yeah, but see, well, that's the thing. Like, look, when I, I don't even remember when I was 13 years old because that yeah. was a long fucking time ago. But I'm just saying, like, if hypothetically, if I was a 13 year old girl and somebody that I was super into when I was 13, like, I don't know, one of yeah, the members so of Duran Duran or something. Like, I'm not saying it. that it's like, hey, if Simon LeBon had, like, come to me, like, back in the fucking you, 80s. Like, you'd go to the cops. And yeah. said, <laughs> and I'm 13 years let old, I'd be like, all right. Let me tear this up, girl. <laughs> but, like, I'm 13. On Monday. Right, I don't know any better. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. I don't yeah. know any better. And then, like, later on, I'd be like, what the fuck? What was I nah, thinking? Nah, you'd be fucking thinking? drawing hearts and shit and having fucking pictures above your bed. Hold on. I'm <laughs> yeah, Come probably. Come on, that's how it would really go now. I know. That's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I'm not really sure how to pronounce your screen name, um, but so I'm not going to attempt to. But it says, Stephen King wrote Gerald's Game and Dolores Claiborne in the same year, and he wrote those women so well, some have accused him of letting his wife Tabitha write those under his name. Um, I had heard that. And I don't, we'll see. Okay, so him and Tabitha have been together since what, college? So they've been together like forever. And she's a writer too. I don't know if he necessarily let her write the women characters, but I'm sure he probably ran it by her. Because I think that Tabitha reads all of his stuff like before he publishes it. And as far as I know, she still does. I don't know if she... I mean, that's the impression that I got. So I'm sure if he wrote something, like, super fucked up, she'd be like, bro, like, what? what is this? Like, we wouldn't say that or we wouldn't think that or something like that. So I think it's good that he kind of has somebody, like, who is also a writer um, that can maybe kind of talk him down if he comes up with some crazy-ass shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's... You know, it's not a situation like... Um, Who's that? Who's the dude? The um, the writer that I that I reviewed his book. Sometimes like that splatterpunk kind of writer. Oh shit! I forgot his total. I totally forgot his name right now. But that like writes just like the complete like like writes like an adolescent teenage boy. He's dead now. But um, but yeah. So I kind of feel like if she didn't write those characters, then she probably read them. And if he said something kind of fucked up, she was just kind of like, hey, you might want to change that. You know what I mean? Because they seem to collaborate a lot. As far as I know, she reads all his shit before it gets published. I, that was the impression that I got. You know, his wife does. Oh, Danny Rowling said Errol Flynn was also a spy for Germany. A spy for who? For Germany. Huh. Richard Lehman. Yeah, that's who, that's what I was thinking of. But so for some reason, his name just let's went get right back to uh, let's get back to the movie. Yeah, John Smith said Orlando was the first thing I ever saw Tilda Swindon in. I think this was her first kind of mainstream movie after being in Derek Jarman films. Yeah, I think it was. I don't know if I'd call this necessarily her breakout role, um, but she'd kind of been. I mean, this is kind of an indie film still too. Yeah, it was sort of well known because it did get nominated for a couple of Academy Awards, but. 
Um, I don't think it was like a big hit or anything. She's cute in it. Yeah. So, like I said, I love her. She's like she's yeah. fantastic. But I think yeah, this was kind of one of her first kind of big roles. But um, she I I don't really think, and um, Sally Potter who wrote and directed this film, she had wanted to make this movie for like forever. Um, going back into like the nineteen eighties. And, you know, producers tell her, yeah, nobody wants to see that shit, blah, blah, blah. But she just persevered and she kept on going and uh, finally they made it. And she actually got the idea to put Tilda Swinton Swinton in it. Um, She saw her in a stage production. I don't, was she playing a man in the stage production to you? But it's Mm -hmm. like she just really liked her kind of like physicality and how she came like, because she comes across as like kind of androgynous, I guess. So she thought she would sort of be perfect in this role. And I agree. I can't really imagine anyone else pulling this role off in the same way. Somebody You can, you can make her look androgynous, but she's not really. She's just got an aquiline build and face. She's kind of ethereal looking. Yeah, yeah. she when you I mean she's dolled up, she's definitely feminine. She's just kind of thin, kind of tall and thin looking and got kind of a thin face. She's pretty, you know. Pretty, you know. I'd probably put her up there with kind of like a, um, who's the chick that fucking played Ripley? Uh, Sigourney like, Weaver. Yeah, kind of reminds me like a Sigourney Weaver type. She doesn't look like her, but you know what I mean. Sigourney kind of has that kind. Just of, kind of tall uh, and thin and thin and yeah. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Tall and thin and just kind of like you said, etheric looking, kind of angelic looking. Yeah. And interestingly, Tilda Swinton did play, and I think they, somebody mentioned this earlier, she did play a vampire in um, Only Lovers Left Alive, mm-hmm. which is a great movie, if you haven't seen it. John Smith said, is it terrible? I knew it was Richard Lehman, just from this few sentences. <laughs> I knew somebody would know. I was like, I did a, um, I think I reviewed two of his uh, books. I did one called Come Out Tonight, and I did one called Body Rides, and... I like his books. They're super fun. But you have to kind of be in the mood for them because they are just like, they're like, you know, he was in his 30s or 40s when he wrote these books, but they're very much like a teenage boy's fantasy. So it's just like whatever, like with super, like super over the top, like sex and gore and all this other stuff. And there's shit that happens in there that would never, ever happen in real life. You know what I mean? And the way that he writes female characters is just like hilarious to me. Um, the, the stuff that they do and say is just, like, super, super funny. But it's just, like, I don't know. I just find it really entertaining, I guess. Like, some people might be offended. I'm not offended. I just think it's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, John Smith said, I think her mainstream breakthrough was in the beach. Yeah, that's right. I knew it was, like, sometime after this. Because I knew she kind of got a lot of no. accolades for this no, movie. No. But there, there was another one that came out after. Yeah, that was you it. Know that, what are you doing, Pokey? She's, she's apologizing. She's like, I'm sorry. I was going to do it, but it's okay. Okay. She liked to do that on her shoes. But yeah. Don't do it. So yeah, it's just, like I said, it's kind of funny that you were the one that showed me this. And you just kind of brought it up out of the blue because we long were like. A long time ago. Brought it up. It, you brought it up a long time ago. Yeah. And then like the other night we were just like later and I was like, what do you want to watch? I don't know what I want to so watch. And you were like, oh, you've never seen, you brought Orlando. it up again. Yeah. You've never seen Orlando. And I was just kind of like, yeah, that's right. You told me about that a long time right. ago. Let's watch that. So we ended up watching that. So like I said, it's just funny that you, because it doesn't, it doesn't on its surface seem like a movie that you would like. It seems like a movie that I would be into. Yeah. But I liked it. I had never seen it. Yeah, I liked it. Which is like that's really good. Funny. I got to show her two movies that she'd never seen. The Love yeah. One, which I like that movie. 
the loved one is about a funeral home. Yeah, we reviewed that one a while yeah. back. That one's great. That's from the yeah, '60s. From the '60s, and uh, Orlando. She never seen that one. Yeah, I never saw. Like I said, I don't know how I missed yeah. it because it's exactly the type of stuff I would have watched. Yeah. But there you go. Well, because usually it's the other way around. Like usually, because yeah. I. But like I said, I've seen a lot of shit, so I'm just kind of like, oh, you got to see this one, and you got to see this one. You know what I mean? And he hasn't seen them, but I don't know. It's just it's just weird how that happens sometimes. Oh, and another one you showed me that I hadn't seen was Brimstone and Treacle. Oh yeah, you never saw that. Did I you? had never seen yeah, it Brimstone prior Treacle, to that. That's right. Great flip. That was Stay. another one that that like I said yeah. doesn't seem like something that you would like. Yeah, I saw it. But yeah, but I had. Well, never I seen had it. a cultured. I had a cultured past. What are you talking about? <laughs> Bitch, yeah, I watched. I watched good movies. Don't, don't get offended. I'm not getting offended. <laughs> like I'm a luddite. No, I saw cool flicks. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any more of them. See, you seen? She's seen most of the ones that I've seen. I was trying to go back into the Rolodex and try to. Yeah, you gotta like pick out. So you gotta go pretty deep to like find some shit find that, that I've seen. She hasn't seen, right? You know what I mean? Because I because I watched a lot of stuff, especially like like in indie movies and stuff yeah. like that. I'm like really into that. So you gotta yeah. like dig pretty deep to. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Brimstone and Treacle, see it. It's got Sting in it. British flick. Yeah, there was. There's he a plays couple. A demon. Yeah, there's a couple Isn't different it? versions of it because there was a version that was on. I think it was on um, British TV, like Play for Today. But then they made like a theatrical movie of it, like later. So the one we're talking about is the one from 1982, the one with Sting in it, which had some of the same people from the TV version, but that. I, what a great movie that was! Good movie, yeah. Now the weird and thing Sting about it, knocks it out of the fucking park. He could act. Well, yeah, I oh, liked him did. in a. I liked yeah. him in The Bride. I know it's like like that's like a cheesy ass movie, but I love that movie. But um, the weird thing about it is that Brimson and Treacle was written like the the novel was um, uh, Dennis Potter, mm-hmm. and I had actually read and seen like some other Dennis Potter. Like I saw like I read The Singing Detective and Pennies from Heaven and stuff like that. So. It's surprising that I hadn't got around to that one because yeah. I had seen some other Dennis Potter stuff. You know, is there doing. anything else on this? Um, I think not. I okay. think we're probably. I gotta go to the store. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Tom's gotta go to the store. I get some Tom's, man. My stuff is killing me. He's having some problems. And I gotta fucking get the get the lasagna going. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. we got lasagna. We gotta eat. All right. Yeah. So uh, thanks everybody for dropping by this evening. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. So tomorrow, if I have time, I might do a live stream. I'm going to do a book review because I did actually finish reading a book today. So I might review that tomorrow. It's actually called The Neighbor by London Clark. Uh, so if you have time to read it <laughs> before I do this stream tomorrow, it's uh, if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can read it for free on there, like the ebook, because that's where I got it. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow, probably. So hopefully you can join me for that. If not, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday night for the regular show. And for that, we're going to do Mythology of Dragons. That's what won in the poll. So I'm excited about that. So that should be like a really fun show. So thanks everybody for dropping by this evening. Uh, We will see you guys again either tomorrow or Wednesday night. Good night.